What a great poem by Beth and uh, put together by various people from the church. That was so good. Hey, good morning, everybody. Lovely to see you. My name's Mark. I'm the lead pastor here at Rediscover. And I've got the good news this morning of just bringing to us an understanding of the victory that we have in Christ. That the Lord is doing something fresh all over the face of the earth. And this morning, if you found that this last 12 months has been about confinement for you, if this has been a place of retreat, if this has been a time where God has been processing stuff in your life, then praise God for that. But I want to announce, and I really believe the Spirit of God is calling His church to courageously rise up and to step into a new day and to step into a new season. And this morning, something unprecedented, as that video said, I believe is before us. Over this last year, I believe God has continued refining His people and refining His church. And I'm sure there have been a whole bunch of attitudes and things going on in your life that the Lord has been cleansing, not just in our hearts, but in our homes, in our families, and in so many places. God, I believe, is mobilizing his church. He is raising up his people for a new day. He's preparing us to step into new promises, to step into all that he has for us. Here at Rediscover, we have what we call our DNA and we have a very clear sense of vision. Our DNA simply runs around three phrases. The first is that we live courageously. This is not a time for timidity. It's not a time to shrink back. It's not a time to be confined. This is a time to rise up with great courage in our hearts, church. This is a time to rise up knowing that the Lord has called us and empowered us to step victoriously into the things that he's placed before us. So we want to live courageously. We want to love extravagantly. This world, the people of this world, the people in your neighborhoods, they need extravagant love right now. And the most extravagant love that we can know is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It doesn't get more extravagant or extreme than that. And we're called to emulate his love, to be filled with his love into the world around us. And then thirdly, to thrive authentically, not just to pretend that we're thriving, not to have plastic church, not to have performance-based Christianity, but to have an authenticity in the very core of our being that we are being transformed from glory to glory by the goodness and the work of the Spirit in our lives, causing the fruit of the kingdom to grow in each of us, to thrive authentically. So our DNA is that we will live courageously, we will love extravagantly, and we will thrive authentically. And then our vision is this revealing the glory of God to the southwest and beyond. I believe God has great plans, not just for your home or your life or your work or your business or your family or even your neighborhood, but God has great plans for not just the city where you live, not just the town where you're from, but God has great plans for the southwest you know, I'm really excited there are people that are relocating from other parts of the nation to come and be a part of what God is doing here in the Southwest. If you're one of them, we give you a big welcome. 
And there are others who are stirring with this sense of call. But it isn't just about the Southwest. It's about beyond. It's the world. And I believe God is doing something fresh in reminding the people of God that we will not be contained by small thinking. We will not be contained by small vision. We will not be held back by a pandemic. We will not be contained by disappointments, but we will break free with courage and step into seeing the glory of God cover the earth just like the waters cover the sea. And I believe that's an invitation of the Spirit for you and for I to step into some promises that he has for us. Now, it's a great joy this morning. I'm going to be joined by some friends. In a moment, I'm going to be interviewing Elim's International Missions Director. We've got relationships and missions all over the world, and we're going to spend a few moments with him in a pre-recorded interview just to find out some of the things that God is doing beyond the Southwest. And then a bit later on, I'm going to be interviewing someone who became a member of this church last year with his family while he was on furlough, who is uh, working as a missionary in Kenya and in South Sudan, and we're going to be interviewing Josh Rex uh, to find out what God is doing in that place. But right now, let's queue up the video and let's go to this interview with Elim's International Mission Director, Ian Hesketh. Uh, Ian, you must see that there's quite a lot of challenges really around the world to this worldwide spread of the gospel. What do you think are among some of the biggest challenges that we face? Yeah. So I, th I think there are probably three things that would stand out to me, Mark. Um, I think apathy is is always one of the biggest challenges that we face, whether that's in the UK or overseas, that's true. Um, I, I think compartmentalization of our lives. Um, so we, we do the church thing and that's, that's true overseas as well because it's been exported um, in many respects. Um, so, and then the other thing would be, I. I think we have a small vision of the gospel. Actually, I think that's probably the biggest challenge we face globally is that too many, um, too many believers, too many leaders, too many churches have a, have just a, a very, very small and narrow view of the gospel message. But you're seeing some good things happen around the world as well, are you? Tell us some of those places where people are stepping outside of their bubble, out of their outside of their caution. They're taking risks for Jesus. They've got a big vision of the gospel and the transformational power of it for communities. Yes. Tell us some of those stories of encouragement, would you? Oh well, Mark, because you're right. There are there are loads of good stories. Just like there are loads of good stories actually in the UK, there are there are great stories that are going on overseas and. And I think what I'm what I'm seeing is that those people who have been gearing towards a, a multiplication mindset and, and thinking about the, the expansive nature of the gospel are seeing are seeing the lives transformed. So I could talk to you about a, uh, our workers in South Asia, uh, and there's a couple of locations actually in in that region of the world that are seeing incredible things. So one uh, one of our one church planter went into a couple of villages taking some food distribution through the ERA appeal that we we'd ran and uh, and they and they spent three months going back to these same villages and visiting a couple of houses and, and over the course of those three months 
they saw the, the both households come to faith in Jesus and they're and they're now taking the good news to their their villages and there's the beginnings of church church plants happening in that within the the context of a church planting movement I could tell you of uh, you know I, again I, I won't reveal the exact location but in the same region you know in, in a 10-year period um, one of our missionaries and a, and a in fact two missionaries from the UK one um, from the from the nation and one from the UK um, uh, went went with an idea of reaching reaching people for Jesus reaching Hindus for Jesus and and they've and they've seen over 200 churches planted in the last 10 years because they've had a, a multiplication mindset it's a good time for us to evaluate whether we have abandoned ourselves to the loves and the passions of this world or the loves and the passions of Christ and this is an opportune time now isn't it for us to rise up and Ian um, our vision here at Rediscover is to reveal the glory of God in the Southwest and beyond. Uh, Southwest, you know, we love it around here and a lot of people will express and we've got a church plant academy we're launching. It's all very exciting. But that beyond bit, there are opportunities that people can engage with Elon missions in numerous ways. Um, they can, you know, if they feel a stir to mission, then there's short-term, long-term possibilities and training. Yeah. There's if they if if it's not for them to go, they can give and support those who go. Uh, can you just maybe just tell us how everyone can get involved in Elon missions and be part of this gospel endeavor across mm -hmm. the nations of the earth? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think yeah, first of all, I just encourage people to check out our website and see, look at some of the missionaries and some of the things that are going on. Um, but you, right, you, you know, people can pray. Actually, the, the prayer is one of the most important factors that we sometimes neglect. But I know that that's not true. You know, in the sense of of, of rediscovering what you've been leading the church into. Prayer is a, a foundational part of your community. So I, I would encourage your, you know, your people to to think globally, not just locally, but think globally in terms of our missionaries and missions partners. Who are, who are sacrificed, you know, stuff in order in order to fulfil that call. So prayer is huge. Um, so yeah, I think prayer um, for, for for people, but also for nations. Um, so one of the things that's stirring in 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 me is a, a real desire for us as a movement to be pioneering again into nations where we don't currently have a presence. Not not because we want to go and plant an Elon flag, but because. Actually, the Lord opens up some opportunities for us to, to pioneer not just a church in a town, but a movement of churches and, you know, multiplication, going for that multiplication mindset. So I'd really encourage your you know, people to, to pray for nations and openings for nations. But coupled with that, um, we need we need people to go. Um, so I'm really encouraged by what you're doing in terms of the church planting academy. Because I, I, I'm daring to believe, actually, from as a result of this, you know, some people who might plant a church or churches in the UK may also begin to feel a stirring to plant something and plant movements overseas. And so I, I'd love for your people to have that in mind, it prayer and action. Um, and you know, we we have a missionary training academy that concentrates on disciple training disciple makers as church planters. Um, you know, so that the, the, the foundation is disciple making, which results in, in forming of gospel communities that will multiply. So that's the focus of ours. So it sounds like we're on, on similar in similar pages, but so I'd encourage people to maybe look at that um, after 
they've been involved locally because one of the key elements I think for us, Mark, is that we want to send people well and we want to send people well trained in partnership with the local church. And so if people are feeling a stirring to mission uh, now, then my encouragement would be don't wait until, you know, you come to the academy to go get involved in mission locally, get involved in the local church locally, get as much experience as possible. Um, begin the conversation with us because we want to be in partnership with local churches to send missionaries. Um, so there's the there's the pray, there's the send, and, and also you know, people can give. You know, there's we as a you know Elam missions are self-funding, so we rely on the generosity of of individuals and churches, and and so people can give to the work, and uh, particularly through missions, uh, our missionaries and uh, global partners and. Organisation, so there's loads of ways, um, and if anybody's still not clear, then all they need to do is drop drop an email, give us a call, follow me on Twitter, ask some questions or whatever it is, and, and we'll do our very best to help people connect uh, with uh, with the areas of the world that God is stirring in their hearts. Brilliant, Ian. The Lord bless you and all that you do. Thank you for taking these few moments to join us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon, my friend. Bless you loads. Cheers. Bless you. Thanks, Mark. Big thank you to Ian Hesketh there. Uh, I remember Ian, he was part of my youth group when I was a youth pastor many years ago, and it's such a joy to see him now having global influence around the world. But we're called, as the people of God, to have a global influence. We're called to partner with the work of the Spirit. The Spirit God is a missionary God. He travels around the world looking for people who will partner with his missionary spirit to reveal himself to the world around them. I'm not interested in running a church that just has some nice meetings and has nice buildings and sings nice songs. I want to be a part of a movement that takes the priorities of God's word seriously. And there are some real significant priorities that God sets for us. First of all, we read in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. Church, let's watch our hearts right now. Let's watch our hearts for offense. Let's watch our hearts for the things that will come and try and contain us. Let's watch our hearts for limitation. Let's watch our heart for feeling insignificant and unable to do anything for God. Let's guard our hearts above all else. Jesus, when he was asked the question of what's the greatest commandments, in Matthew 22, he said this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And he also goes on to say, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then some of the final words of Jesus. In Mark 16, verse 15, we read these words, go into all the world and preach the gospel. These are the priorities. These are why we exist as the church. This is why we gather together and why we build relationship so that we can empower one another to guard our hearts, to love God with everything and love each other and to go and preach the gospel. I don't want to be a part of gathering big numbers in buildings. I want to be a part of a movement that sends people around the nations to take the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Will you join with us? Now, we're going to watch an interview I recorded with member of our church, Josh and Jess Rex and their family. They live out in Kenya and they take adventures that are risky and are courageous. Let's watch this interview together that I recorded a few days ago with Josh. Um, Josh, you work, as I mentioned, in Kenya and South Sudan. And some of the people, in fact, many of the people you work with in South Sudan have never, ever heard the name Jesus. These are completely unreached people groups. They've not had a, they've not had a, 
church background. They're not backslidden from the Christian faith. They've had no grandparents praying for them. They have never heard the word Jesus until you have arrived. Can you describe what some of those villages and towns look like? What their culture is like? What life is like in those places before Jesus shows up? Yeah, so uh, we we work just over the border in, in really unreached uh, context. There's certain areas in South Sudan that are very reached, very Christian, but the areas we focus on are completely unreached. And what that looks like is usually there's no road or terrible, terrible road that you can use maybe two or three months a year. Um, when you get there, they live in these, these beautiful houses that look like beehives and they're up on stilts. Uh, the people don't usually wear any clothing or if they do wear some clothing, it might be like a, a leopard skin around their waist or something. So the women are all topless. Um, it's a little bit like the Wild West. It's very uh, violent and um, I don't know what the word is, but the people uh, have a culture of raiding each other's tribes, each other's villages. They steal cattle, they steal goats. And nowadays they have access to, to weapons like AK-47. So they'll go with guns and they'll, they'll, they'll just shoot people sort of ad hoc. They'll steal their cows, they'll come back. They'll return the violence, they'll come and shoot people. So it's very violent, it's very volatile. It's not particularly politically motivated. It's just a, a culture of violence. Um, and then through that, there's a there's a culture of fatherlessness that the, the men sort of uh, leave the women. The men uh, don't value the women. They might have four, five, six, seven wives. Um, they often really uh, refer to the women in very derogatory ways. And when they go off to get a new wife, it's it's not a an honorable thing. It's just they're just getting another one. And uh, villages are usually sort of the the chief is is the father, and then maybe his four or five wives and all their kids. And that's what a village looks like. And then you and your team turn up. And I understand that since December, you've seen 7,000 people become Christians. You've seen 3,000 people get baptized. 70 new churches have started, and they range anything from 20 to 500 people, and they meet every single night. Established two missionary centers, uh, and I could go on with other things that have been established in recent months. Well, first of all, the credit really goes to God and the Holy Spirit and, and the work there. They're preparing people's hearts and minds and attitudes way before we even arrive. Um, huge amount of credit goes to the team that's that's really, really plowing and working hard. And I'm a very small player in it and everything. That we're using a technique called a discipleship uh, multiplication movement. And, and all it is, is you're not trying to evangelize to thousands of people. You're just trying to disciple one or two people, sort of maximum three. And you're trying to get them to get the stories, learn the stories, repeat the stories, because these people, they don't read or write. Um, and their, their way of learning is, is very different to, to what we're used to. So you're getting them to learn the Bible stories. You're getting them to ask questions about the Bible stories. What does this tell me about myself? What does it tell me about God? And they can ask these questions. And then you're getting them to each disciple, three people or four people. And so it's, it's very small, it's very concentrated, and you're just trying to disciple one or two people. And in no time at all, you have a huge branch, a huge network. And once they reach a certain size, and once they're, 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 they're meeting some criteria of regular meeting, of giving, of um, praying and worshiping, and they have a, a good understanding of the gospel, the stories, then um, they, they're becoming a church. There's verses about that the harvest is ready, and you can see we just show up in a village, and in less than a month, there might be four churches. And it's it's so hard to get our heads around, even even us that we're there. I, I don't understand why it's working, but um, but God is good, 
most of our staff and missionaries there are Kenyans. They they merge into the environment and the, the culture very well. So um, yeah, gl glory to God, I think is is really the answer. Does it feel dangerous when you turn up in these villages and introduce them to Jesus? I think you can't be naive. Um, the border crossing has a history of being very violent. Um, the first village we, we went to, I think 15 or 16 people were killed the day we arrived. So um, there is, there's definitely that culture is there and you, you have to be aware of it, um, but you can't live in fear of it and it can't prevent you from reaching these people with the gospel. Um, so there is an element of danger. There is an element of uh, risk. I think I'm motivated um, with a heart of reaching people that are unreached and they're unreached for a reason. They're physically very difficult to get to. Um, they are far away. The roads aren't easy. The borders aren't easy. The weather isn't easy. So I, I already know that there's a reason they're unreached. They're, they're very difficult to get to and their culture might be very adverse and challenging uh, to my own. And so I, I have to take that into consideration but you have to go in faith and you have to go with 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 god's heart that god has a heart for these people he wants to reach them he's he's longing for a relationship with them and then when you meet them and when you hear stories of conversion and when you hear stories of them understanding and meeting their creator and entering to a relationship with him they they have this this question in their heart that why is it taking you so long and why why are you only telling us now what about my ancestors what about my grandparents what about them and there is a price. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. It, you you do get sick. You, you do face um, guns and, and challenges. But it has to be worth it in the context and with the perspective of eternity. Uh, if you look at my comfort for today, it's probably not worth it. But if you look down down the history or the the lens of eternity, it, it's absolutely worth it. Um, tell us about the impact of the gospel, of the arrival of Jesus in one of these villages. So the village of Naliel, where we planted our, our home base, our home station, um, is unrecognizable. It, it's very hard to answer that in a, in a short amount of time. We went there and I told you what it was a little bit like the first time we went there. I, I just was there a few weeks ago and I couldn't recognize anything. Um, the, the gospel somehow has, has introduced into their hearts a feeling of responsibility, the way they treat their wives, their women, their children. It's very different. Um, the way they, they're stu stewarding is probably a good word, that they're becoming stewards. So what was once a, a dry, dusty, like dust bowl is now uh, fertile land. They're growing watermelons, they're growing papayas, they're growing crops. Um, they're showing an interest in, in wanting to become businessmen, to learn how to start businesses. They're, they're coming to us and asking them to, to coach them in business. Um, they, they're, they're no longer naked and we, we haven't gone and like tried to change their culture and tried to tell them, you know, about being naked or anything. But now they're, they're wearing clothes, they're wearing shirts. Um, and it's, it's very hard to explain how much of a transformation has taken place with, with something that seems as simple as the gospel. But it, it's my heart that the gospel is, 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 a, is a fundamental power that can really transform someone's life completely. And you can see it in these villages. They, they really... Um, completely transformed. Healthcare, they're, they're interested in their children's health. Um, you know, child mortality rates are still very high, um, but they're now showing concern. They're, they're wondering about taking care of their wives. But there's so much to it. Um, you really have to see it to, to get your head around it. It's night and day. Even, even um, 
some of the, the other unreached tribes and villages that are surrounding some of these areas, they can't understand why these people are changing so much. Um, the boys are getting frustrated at the girls who aren't wanting to, you know, uh, be sort of go out in the evenings and um, uh, sleep around and stuff like that. And they, people just can't understand how their tribe or their sister tribes ha have changed so much in such a short amount of time. And it's key to explain that we're not there trying to change their culture and we're not actively telling them things are right and wrong. We're just using the word of God. And they're in their, in their own convictions and stuff, they're wanting to see change in their life. Wow. Well, we are inspired by you and the family, Josh, and we are um, stirred by the conviction that you're living by to see that night and day experience happen in whole communities. And I love the fact that it's not going in and just doing big campaigns, but it's concentrated on one, two or three other people that we can reach and the multiplicatory effect of that. And that's something that works anywhere we are in the world and uh, may god stir all of our hearts to be such people thank you josh we lord bless you may the lord provide everything you need and strengthen you for his call upon your life and thank you once again for being an inspiration to us all bless you loads Thank you to Josh there. What a great blessing it is to see God's hand upon that precious family's life and to see the fruitfulness of his work through them. We've had a year of lots of caution, and it's been appropriate, and it's been right. We must make sure in the midst of that that we remember that if God is for us, who can be against us? We must remember that there's a sound in our hearts that's a sound not of defeat, it's a sound of victory. We must remember that greater is he who is in us, the people of God, than any opposition that's in the world. Oh, we've taken some hits. We've lost people. We grieve and we mourn. There have been many difficulties that people have faced and navigated and continue to do so. But let's remember that God is with us and that he has a purpose for us his people and there's a movement of his people across the face of the earth that he is looking for but there's something that needs to happen in our lives to be part of that movement as well as God in our hearts loving God with everything loving our neighbor as ourselves, and going into all the world in Psalm 118 it says this in verse 14 the Lord is my strength and my song he has given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. He is our song, church. It's not our circumstances. It's not how good things are in your business. It's not how well things are in your relationships. It's not how you feel after this year. The Lord is our song. He is our strength. He is our victory. And if you've lost that song, it's time, to it's time to recover it. It's time to reclaim it. It's time to project it and sing it out. The strong arm of the Lord has done glorious things. The strong arm of the Lord is raised in triumph. The strong arm of the Lord has done glorious things songs of victory and praise are to be sung in the people of God. 
It's not enough just to know it. We have to confess it. We have to declare it. I I rarely in my life have ever seen a breakthrough happen before I start to speak into it. And it feels vulnerable, church, when you do that. If I can just say of years of leading faith-filled initiatives, it doesn't get any easier when I step out by faith. But I'm called to declare and to speak and to just allow my mouth to be filled with the victory and the goodness of God. I believe in the years ahead, we will see hundreds of churches planted around the Southwest. There, I've said it. I've confessed it. Even though I see little signs of that, I confess it because I believe God has brought a revelation in my life of truth. And that revelation, I need to confess and declare and to sing the praises of God. In your life, if you've got caught in, a, in the mire of negativity and the mire of difficulty and the mire of pain, God comforts us. He's a shepherd that walks through even the valley of the shadow of death. But He's a victorious shepherd that holds our hand. And I'm encouraging us to find our song again, church. A song of victory and a song of praise. I, it says in verse 17, I will not die. Instead, I will live to tell. There's a reason I will live. To tell what the Lord has done. Church, the band are going to lead us in a song that talks about shouting to God with a voice of triumph. And I know you're in your homes. I know you're conscious about your voice. I know you're wondering if your windows are open and the neighbors are here. I know that you're wondering what your non-Christian family will think in the next room. But I'm going to encourage you now to begin to project your voice and to say, God, you are for me. And Lord, I want to partner with your purposes on the earth. Lord, I don't want to be held back. I don't want to be confined. I want to step into all that you have for us as the people of God. Lord, I sign up to be a victorious, victorious son or daughter of the Most High God, going into all the world and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to see the glory of God cover the earth just like the waters cover the sea. This may be a moment to recommit your life to the vision of the church, to reveal the glory of God in the Southwest and beyond. This may be a moment for you to quell those fears. This may be a stand on the neck of the enemy that's been ravaging your life. This may be a time to say no more. No more confinement. No more restriction. I'm stepping out in victory because God is in my life. God, you And it's His strength made perfect in our weakness. As the band lead us now, why don't you change your posture? Stand, lift your hands, and become a person that declares victory in Jesus' name. Come on, band, lead us in this song of victory.